Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com. Follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk are 2007 World Surfing League World Champion C.J. Hobgood. How do I get to that area where I feel loved? You know, sometimes that's, that's working out, getting into the Word, checking out a podcast, whatever that is where I can feel and, and, and communicate with God, where I can have faith that he's, he's going to answer my questions and, and work these things out. And new Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee, Tony Gonzalez. And a lot of people, don't, they, they ask themselves these questions, but they don't ever get the right answers. And I think that's the, determines your success. You got to ask, when those questions come up, you got to answer them honestly. You know, how, how good am I? How, how good can I be? Now, here's the host of Sold Out Sports Talk, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Great to be back in the saddle. Of course, uh, last week we were at the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and uh, speaking to high-impact NFL athletes and coaches, and this week we've got another high-impact guy and a guy I really look forward to meeting. Uh, he was the WSL U.S. champion, surfing world champion in 2007. Uh, he also uh, has an incredible story of impact in the media business, in the, in the clothing business, and 16 years on the professional tour. C.J. Hopgood's with us. C.J., how are you? I'm doing good, man. It's time to switch gears out of the Hall of Fame and uh into the surf world really excited to have you on this show uh for a long time uh we have somebody in common uh jesse hines from the outer banks of north carolina who's a, been a pro surfer is my son-in-law and uh he's told me so many great things about you and your family uh about east coast surfing and about the tradition of east coast surfing and uh you're a florida guy correct Mm-hmm. yes sir yep i've uh was born in satellite beach and then uh actually live in orlando I've been here for the last three years, you know, the surfer that lives an hour away from the beach. So, uh, but, um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I'll be here until my, uh, until my kids, you know, pretty much go 18 and then, uh, and then there'll be another, another season and chapter for me and my wife for sure. Okay. So you started surfing at six years old. Were there other sports that you liked to play or was it all about surfing? No, it was, you know, uh, we did soccer and then baseball. I was the pitcher, and my I have an identical twin brother named Damian, and um, he was the catcher. And then, but you know, if you start to get good and or you start to excel in those sports, then they they start to bleed over to the summertime. And then the summertime is when we would travel to California and stuff, and and start competing in the amateur stuff. And uh, so those those other sports quickly sort of took a backseat to surfing and then um, sort of just surfing took Which, over and we did that amateurly. And then, um, and then we graduated high school and then, uh, and that was pretty, I mean, as you know, in sports, man, it's, it'll, it comes at you quick. 
So when did you know uh, that, that you had what it took to, to move forward and, and, and an opportunity to be great at surfing? Um, it probably was a little bit later. Um, I think I definitely think me and Damien operated, me and my brother operated pretty good from a sort of a underdog. Um, we're just going to have to work harder and, um, uh, and maybe we can achieve these things. And we were sort of just coming at it from Florida where it was, Hey, I just want to, uh, I enjoy surfing and I want to be able to surf the most and, you know, what will allow me to do that maybe would be a professional career. And, uh, there was a point where I was, I think it was like end of my 17, early 18. I remember I was, uh, I looked at my dad and I was like, you know what, dad, like I'm kind of looking around and, and, uh, you know, I want to say this with some humility, but I think, you know, me and Damien, like, uh, next to Andy and Bruce, uh, these other two surfers, I think we're like the next people in line. And, um, he didn't disagree with me. Um, and, uh, I think that was my first sort of moment where I'm like, Hey, look, this could be a potential career path. And this could be something that is worth, uh, you know, worth, worth sacrificing and worth risking to see see what happens and I think um so yeah sort of sort of towards the end of my high school I thought it was uh it was worth worth the go CJ Hopgood's with us a uh, former 2007 uh, world champion WSL and uh, some some of his marquee wins Quicksilver Pro in France Billabong Pro in Tahiti Everybody talks about, you know, when they have a goal or a dream is they've got somebody that's a role model, whether it's your father or whether it's another athlete. Um, obviously, your father had impact in your life. But uh, who were the professional surfers at the time when you were 18 and when you had those thoughts, CJ, uh, that you looked up to? I know for me it was I put posters on the wall of quarterbacks that I loved. Um, yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I uh, for me it was a little bit – different because I had an identical twin brother and um and I always looked at him as the sort of benchmark and the, I just got to be better than him I just got to be better than him and um I would you know as we started going through our professional careers and started getting successful and making mature and all these things I would always look at I always you know ask God I'm like God why did you give me a twin brother man this, this guy's a curse. All he's trying to do is take everything away from me. He wants the same exact things I want. He's trying to achieve the same exact things I want. Like, why did you, why did you do this to me? This is a curse, you know? If I want to get a sponsor, he wants to go after the same sponsor. Like, it just down to everything, man. And it's, uh, and it, it definitely fueled the, the drive, um, to be better than him. And, um, and I think I had trouble really lifting my head up and just, you know, obviously I looked up to, to Tom Kern and Kelly Slater and Tom Carroll and then, you know, Andy Irons. I think I had a sense of, like, everyone has something great to offer. Like, what what can I learn from them on, on any level? But the, the blinders in the head was down was pretty good. It's sort of uh, being bre- better than my identical twin brother, um, so uh, I'd say my brother to answer the question. <laughs> C.J. Hobgood's with us, uh, former professional <laughs> surfing champion, WSL. Um, I kind of look at the whole, uh, you know, eight-month grind that you guys have to do in order to, to win a championship. It's kind of like NASCAR racing. Um, you know, there are, there are guys that can win races, uh, and then there's four or five guys that can do it on every kind of track. Um, and it seems to me that when you look at uh, surfing, 
that uh, in order to win a championship, you know, obviously things have to go your way, but you have to be able to surf so many different waves and so many different uh, uh, different situations. Tell me about how difficult it is to win a championship uh, in the WSL. Um, well, you know, it's it's just like life, and I think one of the biggest things that um, that prepared me was, you know, a lot of times I'd come in from heats, whether I was an amateur or pro or whatever, and people were just like, oh, man, you know, that wave just didn't come to you and all the ocean just didn't cooperate. And I remember every time I'd be like, you know, I wouldn't want to give them a flat tire or whatever, but I'd be like, Oh, thanks. You know, but always in the back of my mind, I was like, no, that's not the truth. That's not the truth. I was given the same opportunity that guy was, and it just didn't work out this time. I just didn't have it. There's areas I need to get better at. And I mean, you could relate to that in football, you know, like, oh, man, the guy just tipped the ball and uh, you got a bad break there, and but it's okay, Roman, you'll get him next time. And you're looking back going, you know, I was given the same opportunity than the, the other team was. You know, I just didn't have it. I just didn't, and, and I think that prepared me a lot for life. You know, it prepared me for um, – I never looked at it like, you know, from an excuse sort of point of view where it was just like, yeah, I got the bad end of the stick or yeah, that was unfair. I was just like, no, I, I got to be better and I got to be more prepared. And, um, you know, I'm just getting fathered along more and more here to get to the goal. There's a greater, there's a greater thing. What, I think. CJ, what was the, what was the, the hardest thing to break through for you in terms of the type of wave or the contest that gave you the most trouble or the area that you had to break through in order to win? Um, probably right hand point breaks for me. Um, and there, and, and my brother was always better at right hand point breaks. And, um, the reason why is because my brother was left handed and I was right handed. So he had more of a dominant hand on his left and he could create more drive because he had more strength. And so he's better on these right hand points and would achieve more. And I would always be like, Oh man, I got to get better in this area. Um, so that was an area of, uh, that I had to have growth for me big time. And it was, uh, wasn't something that came easy. Now you had an opportunity to be on the tour with what people consider to be the greatest surfer of all time. And that's Kelly Slater in terms of the number of championships and dominance. Uh, how did, how did Kelly Slater impact your career in terms of what you saw from him and what you needed to do? Yeah, everyone looks at this, you know, you look at someone that's great, but there's a cost and there's a price to pay for everything. Now, and because he's been on tour, you know, he's 47 years old now. Like, I mean, he's missed out on a lot of things. There's a cost that he had to pay to continue to uh, continue to try to achieve great things on this tour and within surfing to, um, to be that person that, um, you know, that I don't envy. Like, I don't, I don't want that. And, and, and I don't say that in a disrespectful way. I just say that, like, he's allowed me because he's been there for so long to sort of see what that cost looked like. Yeah. You know? And it's relative. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, a cost of, like, you know, everyone sort of faces that. It's like, yeah, you want to go to work, Roman? Well, you're not going to see your kids as much. You know, right. you want to go have an affair with, with work your whole life? Like, well, there's a cost. There's a price to pay for that. Essentially, I think what, where we want, I want this conversation to go is like getting on the other side of, uh, of, of, of a season or a chapter that's, uh, of a professional sport. You know, I was on tour for 17 years and, and, um, you know, for me, my story was, 
okay, God, like, just get me home with my kids. I just want to be home with my kids. I'm on the road for eight months out of the year. Um, my heart's not in this anymore. And just get me home. And then, uh, and it, you know, he's like, dude, you, it, I designed it in a way where you just have to, you have to have faith. And you have to jump. You have to, you have to retire, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and I did that. And I got home, and I was this, you know, my heart wanted to be home with my kids. But what I did when I got home was I tried to make it as a sales rep. I ended up drinking beer all the time. I ended up becoming a lousy father and basically a lousy husband. And after I was home for, like, two years after the tour, I just, I broke down, dude. And I was just like, God, how did I get here? How did this happen? How did I get here? I'm going to be at my funeral. Everyone's going to say how great of a person you were. And your kids and your wife are going to step up to the to the plate. And they're going to go, dude, sorry, guys. I never knew that, man. I never knew that, man. And um, and that sort of started this, like, three-year journey that I've really been on. And, I've all, you know, I've been a Christian. I've been saying, yeah, I know God. But, man, I've never, like, fully just walked with him and been fathered in these areas. Um that I have no idea what I'm doing, you know, because I've always sort of operated from an area of you got this gift, you just go out there, and if you just make it happen with your gift, and things just seem to work out. Like I, I don't have that anymore. And and but um, but that journey I've been on is is something that I want to get into because I think that's the you know the the way I've been fathered and the tools that um that God's continued to show me has just been uh, pretty revolutionary for, for, for me and my life. Um, a lot of people look at your life, and, and all they want to see is what you did, um, all the great things, all the joy that you brought them surfing and, and, and all the highlights in your career. Uh, but one of the things that's tough is transition. And um, uh, has that been difficult for you in terms of, you know, just finding your identity of, of who you are today? Well, um I mean, just the sheer design of it, you know, sort of, you know, as I said, mentioned operating from an area of like, you know, you have this gift. So um, it's cool to see like, hey, look, I got this gift. God gave me this gift. But it's still, there's still areas that I'm able to mask, you know. So, you know, you take that away and I retire and now I'm not able to operate from that area. So that identity is sort of taken away. And then, um, and you try to operate from these areas and it just doesn't work out. It, it, it's not designed that way and it ends poorly. And I'm just going, how did I get to this point? You know, how? So God has to step in and then he's got to expose that brokenness. You know, we all want to be, you all want to be exposed in love because that's where the freedom comes from. And then um, he starts to expose these areas. By exposing these areas, he's able to give me the tools um, and, and, and bring me through each day and father me in a way where then I feel love, you know, and then I'm going, okay, God, I do feel love for me by how you're, how you're showing up and how the things you're doing in my life. And then where it really becomes sort of, uh, revolutionary for me was then I'm able to operate from an area of that I am loved. With C.J. Hobgood, former professional surfer uh, here on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. And I'm going to finish uh, with you with this question, which I, which I ask so many athletes all the time, and it's always interesting to hear what they have to say. Uh, C.J., uh, you know, everybody has a priority in life. And, you know, we talk about here faith, family, and football, or faith, family, and whatever it is your passion is, and, and, we, and we know what it is for you. So 
what does it mean to C.J. Hobgood, faith, family, and surfing? When you run down the checklist or when you prioritize things, you know, I mean, there has to be an order and there has to be a, a sort of checklist of how, how you check in so you don't get lost um, because the world's going to take you out. I mean, absolutely. So for me, it's like, yep, faith, got to check in with God. What you got for me today? And then what's available, you know? And then how do I get to that area where I feel loved? You know, sometimes that's, that's working out, getting into the Word, checking out a podcast, whatever that is where I can feel and, and, and communicate with God, where I can have faith that He's, he's going to answer my questions and, and work these things out. And then, and then that allows you to show up to your family um, on, on how you need to show up. And then next would be, you know, surfing, which essentially I've given that up at this point to be with my family. And um, I'm sort of entering in an area where uh, you look at things and, and the more you give it up, the more you sort of start to realize that God gives them back to you tenfold, you know? Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. I chased, I chased my family and my faith grew. And, and, um, so now I'm in an area where, uh, I see God giving surfing back to me tenfold because I'm enjoying it in a completely different way than, than I ever have. And, uh, that's how that lines up for me, Roman. CJ, appreciate, uh, your candidness. I appreciate you coming on uh, Sold Out. Giving me the platform and the opportunity. Much, much appreciated. When we come back, more on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with new Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee, Tony Gonzalez. Visit SoldOutTV.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at RomanGabriel3. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. I'm with one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history and has a great career in broadcasting and does so many great things in the community, uh, Tony Gonzalez. Tony, how are you? I'm doing well. How about this? Huh? This is, this is fun, this great? Right? I've been doing this for 25 years, and one of the things that's been so gratifying is to see the maturation of guys when they first come into the league to if they do make it as long as you do, the, the way that their mindset changes in terms of their priorities, their family, and how those things affect uh, guys. Yeah. People like yourself start telling me that, hey, you know, you got a shot to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think at the beginning, no, I, I think that would be, if a kid comes up to me and said, hey, I want to be just like you, and he's in high school, and I want to be a Hall of Fame football player, I'll say, hey, pump your brakes a little bit, buddy. <laughs> like, relax. Why don't you try to be an all-star first, you know? And that's how I always approach it. I just wanted to be good that year. I always, every year that I had in the NFL, after it finally clicked for me, after my second year going into that third year, once it clicked for me and I started going to Pro Bowls, I was like, okay, every year I got to re-evaluate where I'm at, okay? This year I got to do what I did last year and improve on that. How am I going to improve? And you don't have to worry about the Hall of Fame. You just keep putting year in and year out. I think that's the hallmark of greatness is, is consistency. And that's one thing I'm very proud of that I was able to do at my career is I was very consistent. Usually you can count on me. I was going to get this amount of catches probably around whatever, 75 and 85, and that's going to get you to the Hall of Fame. And I knew I had a shot of getting in, so I had my whole family there. And those are the people that I wanted to celebrate with, people that have been there from the beginning, 
you start to reflect on all the relationships uh, that you had and all the ups and downs and the wins and the losses. And and, uh, and the one cool thing about me is that I got these four kids. I told you about that. And my oldest one, he knew. He got to see me play. But the younger ones never got to see it. And so now I get to take them on this journey with me. They get to see all this. I mean, because this, this, this doesn't happen to me every day where I got cameras in my face like this. Uh, so it's it's cool for them to be able to experience something like this. It's, it's been exceptional. That's probably the word I want to use, especially coming from, um, we, we just had that lunch, I don't even know, the, the Rainitsky luncheon, luncheon, where it's just players and they close the room off. And that was probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to tell you what went on in there, but to be able to sit there with all your heroes and, uh, and see the guys that you grew up watching. I remember uh, what kept crossing in my mind was, I don't know if you guys remember back in the 80s, they had this tape called Crunch Course. It was just a, like a highlight. That, that's when I first fell in love with the NFL. And uh, all the guys that were on that highlight tape in the 80s, um, they, half of them were in that room. You know, guys like Howie Long, Larry Zonka. Uh, it, it was it's just surreal. Uh, Marv Levy was in there. It's Jim Kelly. It was It was just... It was just great uh, to be surrounded by your heroes. Uh, my family's out here. Everybody's enjoying their time. It's it's just uh, it's it's like a wedding, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's it's just like a wedding too. I mean, it's going to be one of the best days uh, of my life. I talked to somebody that means somebody yesterday to you, Dick Vermeil. Yeah. Had a conversation. What was Dick like to play for? Dick was great. A lot of a lot of tears. A lot of tears. A shed. lot of tears. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, the motivation. Uh, tough. Very old school. Like I don't know, Dick couldn't coach nowadays. <laughs> yeah, because he, he's too he's too ingrained in his ways. We we used to get after it in Is practice. Right? I'm talking full metal jacket, jacket, yeah, pads twice a day in the heat. Uh, all summer camp was just brutal. The game has changed so much since he coached. Uh, obviously, a phenomenal coach, Hall of Fame type coach. Uh, love love playing. I still, I still see him. He still sends me a bottle of wine. Yeah. We, we come in town. We go to lunch. Him and Carol. Uh, we, we, he's a special guy. But as long as you've been in the league, though, to have as many different kinds of coaches, it, it, it's interesting to me uh, some of the things that you learn from these different people, right, and how yeah. you apply them now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Dick was, was very – the thing that sticks out about Dick Vermeil is that he's very – family and player oriented meaning it's not just about superstars he always had dinners with my position every year with with the guys when you look back on your career today and you look at look at what football has given you what what are some of the things that stick out in your mind oh well, it's given me everything uh, i'm sitting here talking to you because of football yeah. uh from obviously forget about the football let's yeah. throw that out. everybody knows that that stuff um uh, I think emotionally, uh, growing up and the the questions that you're forced to ask yourself, uh, and a lot of people don't they they ask themselves these questions, but they don't ever get the right answers. And I think that's the determined your success. You got to ask you at when those questions come up, you got to answer them honestly. You know how how good am I, or how how good can I be, or or how good of a father am I, how good of a role model am I, how, and if and if you answer those questions correctly and you search out the right mentors to get those answers from. I read a lot. Uh, NFL got me reading. I never right. read before right. I got to the NFL. I was kind of out of a necessity. Uh, but I've been able to travel the world, been able to meet amazing people. Uh, I get to see how to do it, how not to do it. I got to make great mistakes, uh, and I got to make great triumphs. It's just been 
it's been a fun, fun ride, and I'm still continuing life after football. I'm doing that with acting now. Yeah. This is like the next realm for me is what I'm trying to do. Who's your mentor, Tony, when you came in the league, a guy who kind of maybe put his arm around you and said, hey, you know, that you really said this is how to do it right? Yeah, you know, uh, I remember my rookie year, and it wasn't a mentorship. It was a one-time reaching out by Marcus Allen. Oh, okay. I, was, I hit the rookie wall. I was playing pretty well, and then all of a sudden I went blank for about three or four games. And then Marcus, uh, who hardly – I remember Marcus is a legend to me. I'm oh, from L.A. Man, I grew up watching oh, Marcus yeah. Allen. Uh, and he says, hey, uh, let me get your number, Rook. And I'm like, okay. So he calls me up on the phone, and he's like, hey, I've noticed that you haven't been the guy that you were. And just want you to know that uh, I know what you're going through. I've been there. And, you know, you get back to being that guy. Get back to being that player that you can be. And it was very important to me, and, and it meant a lot. It meant a lot. He's one of them. Warren Moon is, a, is another big yeah. uh, influence. Super. Yeah, yeah, it was good. What you would tell kids today who want to be like you? You know, first of all, hard work, preparation uh, is where you create your luck. Uh, but I also believe in this, going through your fears. Life takes off on the other side of fear. So I tell a lot of people now, because I've seen that in my life. Meaning, if there's a girl you want to ask out, go ask her out. Meaning, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're afraid to, to, to go across the middle, you got to go through it. Because the other side of that is an amazing feeling. If you're afraid to get up early, because for whatever reason, you're going to be tired. Go through it. Uh, go through that fear of whatever, whatever. Because I believe life success comes down to your relationship on how you go through your fears. So go on for it. Go for it. Go for it. And life takes off. I promise you. The stuff that makes you scared that you want to do is the stuff you have to do. Go, Tony, thanks for stopping by. Thank you, bud. Appreciate you being on Sold Out. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.